Good morning, everybody. And it is the last week of the Nutrition Kickstart with Mountain Island Nutrition. Um, I am your host, Noelle, and I am excited to talk to you guys today about our theme for this week. Um, so on Monday, I posted what the focus was for the week, which is making the healthy choice the easy choice. Um, so I'm going to expand on that a little bit more today. And um, hopefully you've been following along in the group and seen some examples of ways that I make the healthy choice, the easy choice. Um, like all other humans, I am human as well, though I am a coach and I live a healthy lifestyle. Um, it is very hard for me to stay motivated and to continue eating healthy if it is hard. <laughs> so uh, I am very much a, a lazy eater. So one of my examples in the group was I will not eat oranges because I don't like to get my hands sticky from peeling the orange. Also, it's a pain in the butt. So the way that I make it easier is simply by cutting it into those thin slices of oranges that you got when you were a kid. Um, it takes way less time to cut up an orange than it does to peel one. And it's <laughs> not as messy. So that is one way that I make it easier to eat oranges. Um, we also make a veggie bucket at the beginning of every week. And this happens as soon as we get home from the grocery store. So we get all of our vegetables, we get all of our fruit. And while one person's putting all of the fruit, uh, the food away into the fridge or the pantry, the other one is washing all of the fruits and vegetables, slicing it up and putting it into their own containers. So I have a veggie bucket with um, veggies, and this includes simply veggies that need to be prepped for the week. We might not be eating them raw, but they're already cut and ready to season for when we need to make a very quick and easy lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Um, so like if you had to get to work super early in the morning, but you didn't feel like making an omelet, but you know that's a good choice. Well, what if all of your vegetables were already cut up and you'd have to spend more time doing that when you have to get to work on time. So that's just an example of ways that you can make your life easier and make the healthy choice the easy choice. Um, so food is one way that we can focus on making the healthy choice the easy choice. Another way is to think about your environment. So um, I like for my clients to do um, an activity and you are welcome to pause the video or pause the recording and pull out a pen and paper and do this along with us. So I call this the happy healthy list. So this is a list that you can write on a sticky note. It's something small that you can keep um, in your pocket. You can put it on your visor, in your car. You can put it in your bathroom mirror, um, on your bedside table, someplace where you're going to see it often, maybe on your refrigerator. Um, this I want you to just simply write down a list of things that would be a healthy and happy human being. So these are things that are going to bring you joy in life and move you closer to the vision that you have for yourself. So just some examples to get you started are eating healthy whole foods. Another one is drink more water, um, adequate sleep, stress management, mental health, so you're prioritizing your mental health. That might mean seeing a therapist. That might mean journaling or talking to a friend. Um, something fun, like having hobbies. Um, I'll expand on that in a second. I'm gonna make a note for myself so I remember to come back to that because I really struggle with that. <laughs> Getting out in nature and outdoors. 
high quality relationships, people that bring something positive and meaningful to your life, not people who are pulling you down or saying negative things all the time. Um, and then having a strong purpose in life. So these are things that you can have on your happy, healthy list that you can look at and reference often. Now, let's just take that list as an example and start to build on some ways that we can make these easy, okay? So um, one was the veggie bucket and that is simply expanding on eating healthier whole foods. Uh, another one would be water. So what's a way, if you remember back to the toothbrush, toothbrush analogy, right next to your toothbrush is always gonna be your toothpaste. So if we can make water something that is easily accessible, something that you can see it and you're like, oh, I have to drink that. Um, how can we change your environment to make that the healthy, easy choice? Well, as you can see, my water bottle, you've probably seen this in literally all the videos, is constantly glued to me. This is a 40 ounce water bottle and I probably drink four to five of these a day. I, my goal is to drink my body weight in ounces. So I'm trying to get 125 ounces of water a day. Um, so one way that you can, if this is not a habit and it's not constantly glued to you and you're always looking around for your water bottle, like you can't find it, um, making some kind of a cue for yourself as in putting um, in your, I think if you were to go to your phone down in the alarm app, you can set certain alarms throughout the day that say drink water. So maybe that's every hour you have an alarm on your phone that goes off that reminds you to drink water. Um, maybe it's, I'm working on one of this um, with one of my clients who's trying to drink more water. Um, she does a lot of work, she works a lot, um, but she is always checking her email. And so we, she made the connection of like, okay, this is gonna work for my life and so every time she checks her email, she has to drink water. So now anytime it's just like um, Pavlov's, um, Pavlov's study was like ringing the bell and the salivating. <laughs> every time she gives an inbox notification from her email, it reminds her that she needs to drink water. So that's just something that works for her. So the goal would be to think of something that works for you to remember to drink your water. Um, sleep, this would be getting at least six to nine hours of sleep. Six is on the low end, maybe seven to nine would be ideal hours of sleep, full night's sleep. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be six straight hours of sleep. As long as you're getting a cumulative amount of sleep, that's at least better than none at all, or just a few hours. Um, so ways that we can improve your sleep um, would be maybe getting to bed at a certain time at night. And if you need some kind of a reminder um, on your, you can set one on your phone, you can have a nighttime routine. And that might look like um, once you get home, as soon as you get home, um, if you have one of those like little saunas that you can buy for like 30 or 40 bucks on Amazon, go turn on the sauna um, as you are preparing dinner. Um, while you are eating dinner, you get to watch TV, but that's only while you're eating dinner. So you maybe only have 30 minutes to an hour to eat, um, which also forces you to slow down with your eating because you want to enjoy your food, but also have a little more free time to watch TV. Um, so eating while watching TV, you want to be mindful about that. Um, but it also allows you to do something for yourself before you have to get on with your evening routine.
Um, and I call this an evening routine. Some of you might be home and done with work by like four o'clock. Um, Cody and I do not get home usually until 7.30 or eight o'clock. So we have maybe one hour before we have to get in bed. So we try to get some kind of a nightly routine so we can have some work-life balance. Um, so having some kind of a nighttime routine can really help with your sleep, drinking some sleepy time tea before bed versus a nighttime um, wine or some kind of alcohol. Tea would be a better option with no caffeine. Um, and then doing some breathing exercises to help de-stress from the day, sitting in the sauna, doing a ROMWAD, which just stands for range of motion workout of the day, some kind of stretching or recovery, something that's going to bring you back down after maybe a long, stressful day at work. Um, mental health, like I said, you want to reach out to a friend who might know of a therapist. Um, ways that you can make that an easy choice is by having options. So if you know that Googling therapist is going to stress you out, why don't you just start with your close community and your friends and maybe ask if they know of anybody um, and could just simply send you a phone number instantly and you can just reach out to that therapist versus having to do the research yourself. Um, now, fun and hobbies. I want to touch on this because this is something that adults rarely do for themselves. And this is something I talk to all of my clients about. Um, and we make this a priority in our coaching. So it's one thing to want to be healthy, want to eat clean, want to work out, um, want to reduce stress. Um, th these are all things that are necessary and they're going to make you feel really good. But there has to be more to life than waking up, going to work, maybe hitting the gym, um, coming home and being with your family for only a little bit of time before you have to do it all over again. There's just routine, routine. There's nothing that you're looking forward to. Um, maybe you're living vicariously for your kids and seeing them experience fun things and have hobbies is enough for you. But for most adults, it's not enough. And you start to resent your kids because you are sacrificing yourself for their childhood when you might just be missing out on adventure and fun for yourself. So ways that we can improve that is it's going to take a little bit of legwork in the beginning, but I promise you, like once it's done, you are going to love your life so much more and prioritize it a little bit better. So let's talk about an example. Um, I spent about three hours on a Friday night instead of going out and just drinking mindlessly with friends, stayed in with my husband, we watched TV, and wow, he watched TV. I went on Eventbrite, Facebook events, Google, Charlotte's Got A Lot, Instagram pages. I looked for any and everything that was going on in my area for the whole rest of this year, 2022. So I found festivals, I found concerts, um, I found painting events, um, exercise get-togethers, run clubs, um, things to do that involve getting together with people that involved my interests, which are more active type things. Um, I even looked for skill pop classes, which is similar to what I'm starting at the gym here called master classes, which is simply an opportunity for you to learn 
a hobby or a skill from somebody else in the community. So we hosted a Gardening 101 masterclass last weekend with uh, Lindsay Eichler. It was a great time. And it was an opportunity for you to have something to look forward to, to learn how to garden so that you can do that at home um, versus just watching Netflix and having nothing else better to do. So looking for skills that you can improve on, hobbies that you want to start. Maybe you don't know how, but you want to learn. Could be archery, could be um, learning how to shoot a pistol or um, going to a self-defense class or learning how to cook, going to take a cooking class. Like there are so many things that you can do that are available to you, but you have to spend the time looking for it to know what's going on. Um, outdoor movie theaters, a drive-through movie theater, fireworks, baseball games, football games. Like there's so much you can do um, that is more than just drinking alcohol and watching TV. That's no life, that's no way to live. So what I did, once you find the things that you wanna do, you don't have to sign up for them immediately, right? Instead, if you're like me and you live and thrive by your Google calendar or whatever calendar, this is mine, it is colorful. <laughs> I have a different color for every single calendar or event in my life, work, um, my and Cody's personal calendar, um, my personal calendar in terms of just like what I do for the gym, everything is separated by color. So one of them is a special events color. And I went in and put every single event that I was interested in on my calendar, the time, and then the note section, the link for if I want to go do it, how I can go sign up for it. So I filled out the calendar for the rest of this year. You see all those colors? These are all events that are going on that I wanna to go to. Um, I might not be able to afford them, but at least like maybe in that month, um, I sold a few extra packages and I can afford to go to a concert that I was really looking forward to, but maybe earlier in the year I couldn't quite afford. So um, like I think it's next Friday, there's Charlotte Knight's fireworks at the Truist Field at nine o'clock p.m. I love fireworks shows. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Charlotte Knights, the baseball team, they, if they, every time they have a home game, there's fireworks. And you can go to the Romere Bearden Park and watch the fireworks, even if you don't go to the game. So things like that, um, just make note of fun little date night ideas that you can do with your spouse. Um, you know, take the kids with you, you can maybe hire a babysitter, but this way it's on your calendar and you don't have to actively go and search for something the night that you wanna do something and say, oh my gosh, I totally missed out on that. I could have gone, but I didn't know it was happening because I'm free now, right? So that's just an example of making the healthy choice, the easy choice, making the fun choice, the easy choice. If you know what's coming, you can at least plan ahead of time and have something to look forward to. So life should not just be about work, eat, sleep, exercise, work, eat, sleep, exercise. Like that's boring. Um, it's a good step in the right direction, but there has to be more to life. So that's something that happy and healthy list. It's not just the healthy list, it's happy and healthy. So how can we make your life have meaning? Um, now you're gonna have like a like less 
happy and healthy things, obviously, like heavy drinking, smoking, drugs, toxic relationships, junk food, sleep deprivation, stress. These are the things that nobody wants, right? But if we don't have something to live for, then we will accept those as the norm. I will say it again. If you do not have something to live for, you will accept that as the norm. You will accept the less healthy and happy list as the norm. That is what most of Americans are living in is that healthy or that unhealthy list. How much better does that happy, healthy list sound? A lot, right? So when you come to us as coaches and you're like, I want to do more happy, healthy stuff and less of the, the other stuff, where do I start? That's where I tell you, come up with the things that you want to make your life better and it will start to make it easier for you to do those things. Um, so let's move on. Uh, I think that was a really good um, explanation of just that making the healthy choice the easy choice. Now I'm going to go into a little bit of science to help some um, issues that I think came up last week or the week before within our nutrition kickstart. Some of those were um, portion control and making sure that we're not binge eating or binge drinking and when to stop, when, how much food should I be eating and that kind of thing. I like to coach around intuitive eating um, because if you think about the way that we were brought up is, I don't know if your parents did this, but most generations past um, taught that you have to have a happy plate. You have to have a clean plate before you can go to bed or before you can go play with your friends. Like finish your food, do not waste your food, right? That's like a big slap on the wrist or like you didn't get your dessert until you finished all your peas, right? That is a mindset that we have to completely wipe clean. It is an unhealthy way of thinking and it is a way of raising children that I kind of disagree with. Um, so the whole clean plate, Thing does not teach you intuitive eating from a very young age. And we carry that on into our adult life where we no longer think about intuitive eating. We think, if I do not clean my plate, I am being wasteful. So I have to finish my food. So um, my nutrition coach that I have taught me this, and I thought it was very interesting. She said, um, I remember the terms exactly. If you do not waste, it will become your waste. If you do not waste, W-A-S-T-E, waste, it will become your waste, W-A-I-S-T. Let that sink in for a second. If you do not waste what is on your plate, you will then store it on your body. If you do not listen to your body. So if we think about fullness and intuitive eating. Your body has naturally programmed itself over centuries of evolution to something called volumetrics. So we have natural fullness cues and the stomach does not know the difference between calories. Only stretch, pressure, and texture from the volume of food. So your body 
um, your stomach sends a cue to your brain to let you know, to let it know when it's full based on how much food is in your stomach. Okay. So the volume and the stretch and pressure in your stomach, you can usually feel like, okay, I'm full, but I have to have a clean plate. So I'm going to push my stomach past the point of full to now uncomfortable and for the sake of finishing my plate, because I was taught that it is bad to not finish your plate. <laughs> um, so for a lot of families, that's their love language is food. Finish your food. Here's more food. Keep, keep eating, keep eating. That's love language. Um, so you feel like this internal sense of like, I am being a bad person if I don't respect my family member's love language. Um, you can very politely and respectfully say, thank you so much. I know that you prepared this meal for me. It is delicious. I feel completely full and satiated. And I know my body is going to benefit from this food that you provided for me. Thank you so much. I think I'm done, but I will at least store this for leftovers for the next day, or I will compost it to be regenerative for the soil outside, right? It's not being wasteful. It is simply honoring your body and its fullness cues. So um, the next time you're sitting down to eat, start with a salad plate, something that is small. 50% of your plate is gonna be vegetables. 25% of your plate is going to be starches. The other 25% is gonna be your protein. Um, and you're going to add a small portion of healthy fats along with it as well. So if you feel like after finishing that salad plate of whole foods that your stomach is nice and full, stop there. If in 30 minutes you're still hungry, maybe add another small portion of each. Maybe just add more vegetables or more protein, right? So honor what your body wants versus pushing it to a level that is uncomfortable. Um, so one way that uh, I explain this to my clients is that, that concept that I brought up a little bit earlier of um, your body doesn't know the difference between calories and uh, volume of food. Um, I have an example here. If you think about um, some of the pictures that I've been posting of like my food and the way that my plate looks of half vegetables, a little bit of protein, a little bit of starch. Um, you will get the exact same fullness cues from a plate full of whole foods. And um, let's say like a double decker burger with a side of fries and a Coke. So uh, one thing about digestion is whole foods do not have a lot of calories, but they're thick in their density. So your stomach acid takes longer to break down the whole foods and it waits until it's a very thin, mushy applesauce, applesauce-like consistency before it pushes through to the small intestine and then works its way down to the colon. So because whole foods takes longer to digest, you're gonna feel full way longer. Um, your brain is gonna say, okay, it's still digesting, it's still digesting, it's still digesting, I'm full. The stretch is still there. Um, and so 
versus having like a double decker um, burger with cider fries and a Coke, um, food that is highly processed and greasy and not as whole digests super, super quickly and doesn't give you that same stretch and um, pressure and texture as whole foods would. So it digests super quick, goes straight into the small intestine in little bursts, which sometimes makes your stomach cramp and you have some pain in your small intestines. Um, but then you don't feel full. So then you need to eat more, right? But it's the same volume of food, just breaks down faster because it's less whole, less healthy. Um, so something like um, a meal that's whole foods, maybe is only 400, 500 calories, has an adequate amount of protein, an adequate amount of carbs, adequate amount of fat, and plenty of fiber and vegetables to keep you full um, to make your body or to help absorb vitamins and minerals that it needs. Whereas um, that same exact volume could be said about the, the burger, the fries, and the Coke, right? But the burger, the fries, and the Coke is maybe 1,000 to 1,500 calories. It's being digested faster. So it's not, you're not as full. Plus you're taking in way more calories and you're not satisfied. So that's the difference between choosing more healthy whole options versus the same volume of something that's going to be higher in calorie, um, less in nutrient content, um, and then also the quicker digestion, while also burning through all of your enzymes that you need to break down healthy foods. You're going to lose more enzymes digesting highly processed foods than you would if you were digesting healthy foods. So let's talk about fiber. So there's two types of fiber, but before we get into that, I wanna talk about the importance of fiber and what it does. Everybody has heard of the word fiber. What is it that you think about when I say the word fiber? Most clients will say, oh, it helps me go number two, or, um, oh, I, I heard it's good for you, <laughs> or fiber comes from vegetables, or fiber comes from fruit. Um, yes, you are not wrong about any of that stuff. Fiber also pushes out toxins that we collect from our environment every single day. It prolongs digestion. It makes you feel full longer. It feeds the bacteria in your colon. And for those of you that aren't sure what the colon is, colon and the large intestine are the exact same thing. It's used interchangeably. So you've got the small intestine and you've got the large intestine. It goes down to help evacuate things. The colon is the exact same thing as the large intestines. The colon is where the majority of your beneficial and not so beneficial bacteria live. So in order for fiber to make it from your stomach all the way through the small intestines down into your colon to feed that good bacteria, it has to survive the acid. Um, so that brings me to the two different types of fiber. The first one is soluble. I want you to think of S as soft. So I use like a hot water test. Soluble fiber should be able to expand in hot water. For example, oatmeal expands with hot water. Chia seeds will expand with hot water, usually flax seeds. Um, 
seeds generally. Um, these are things like rice expands with water. These are gonna be your soluble fibers. Um, these help push things along through the intestine and coat the villi in your intestines. Then you have the insoluble fibers. These are less digestible, they stay whole, and they are considered the tough fibers. So these are things like celery, the celery um, strings that you can peel off. They do not digest well, they stay bulky. Um, you need that bulk to make it through your large intestines because your good bacteria love insoluble fiber, also known as prebiotic fibers. Um, take a second, pause, grab your pen and pencil, uh, pen and pencil, pen, paper, and write down this list of prebiotic fibers. Um, celery was one of them, chicory root, lots of root vegetables, dandelion greens, raw white potato, um, onions, garlic, green unripe bananas, chia seeds, seaweed, jacama root. So most root vegetables, um, and this is before cooking them. Cooking softens them up and makes them less uh, tough. Uh, also kale, like the stem of kale that nobody likes to eat. Broccoli stems, we might just eat the head and toss the stems. Don't toss the stems. The stems are so good for you. Those are the prebiotic fibers. Um, your good bacteria love to eat these. Um, so if you're, if you're wanting overall healthy bowel, healthy flora in your small intestines, um, fiber is going to be your best friend. My females who are menopausal, um, this is something that they struggle to get into their diet on a daily basis, is prioritizing um, insoluble fiber. Most women in, who are going through menopause will easily get their soluble fiber from oatmeal um, and from like rice and grains and stuff, but they lack the insoluble fibers that they need to push it all the way down into the large intestines or the colon. So a way that you can tell if you have a healthy bowel um, system is if you are pooping two to five times a day and it should be coming out as um, smooth logs and not broken down into like uh, little beads or chunks or it's not coming out watery. Um, it should be, it should feel like you had a full clean evacuation two to five times a day. If this is not you, then we have probably some issues with dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of bacteria and health of your um, digestion system. So your intestines, your gut, the, um, the critters that live in there, the healthy um, bacteria. Probiotics is another thing that is good to supplement with. We wanna look for more than, I think it's 25 billion um, of the probiotics. And then you wanna look for something that's four or more species. So don't just get one species or two, you wanna get as many species as you can in the high billions. Um, and this is, and you'll notice, like if you have regular bowel movements, then you probably don't need to supplement with probiotics because you have an adequate amount. 
adding too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So your, your bowel movements are kind of a, an extra vital sign. For my ladies, your, your period is another vital sign. It's also called your fifth vital sign. So there are many, many ways that our body communicates with us to let us know if it is healthy or unhealthy. The skin is another um, vital sign that lets you know what's going on inside of your body. If you have uh, super dry skin or eczema or severe acne or super oily skin or things are just like not normal with your skin, that is a sign that things are not well with your digestion. Um, and that's another way other thing I can talk about for days because I have struggled with acne my entire life and I am finally, finally healing. Um, it was a long, long journey, but I finally have answers. And um, now my skin is clearing up better than it ever has in my entire life, naturally without meds, because that was one of the things that we went through. But anyway, so fullness, fiber, soluble, insoluble, probiotics, prebiotics are the same as insoluble fibers. Um, so let's move on as well to the last topic of today, which is how much time has it been? Okay. Last topic is stress. Stress is something that a lot of Americans deal with because we have nine to five, 40 hour work weeks with no fun, uh, very sad and unhealthy lists um, and nothing to look forward to very monotonous routines, stressful work environments, everybody's on edge, everybody has anxiety, we're all afraid of everything, and everybody is extremely sensitive and touchy when it comes to everything. So the, our sympathetic nervous systems are, um, you have your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system is really sorry for you. This is your fight or flight response. We live in a chronic state of fight, flight, or freeze. Um, what you need to understand about stress is you might just be living in a chronic state of stress and you can't tell the difference between stressed and, and unstressed. So what happens to your body when you are stressed is it stops digestion. It stops the everything. So your body shuts down so that you can produce enough energy to fight or flee, right? So what happens is when you are stressed out and you feel like you either need to fight or you need to flee, you need instant energy. Well, how does your body get energy? Energy is produced through a release of ATP. ATP requires glucose, sugar in order to create energy. So the liver is pretty much the powerhouse of controlling blood sugars, but the liver dumps sugar and fat cells release fat into the bloodstream to provide instant energy. What happens when the liver, when you're chronically stressed out, you might just be doing absolutely nothing, but you're super stressed out from work. When your body releases extra fat cells and sugar into your bloodstream, it has nowhere for it to go because you're not burning it off, right? 
Instead, it stays in your arteries and it clogs them, leading to heart attack and stroke. So you probably know somebody in your life or have at least heard of somebody dying of a heart attack or a stroke because of stress. That's the mechanism of what happens when you are stressed out, okay? So ways that we can mitigate stress. When you exercise, you are burning off that energy that has been released all day from a stressful work week so that it does not get stored in your arteries and clog them. Also, you're responding to your stress response, which is to flee or to fight. So when you exercise, you are aiding your sympathetic nervous system by giving it what it thinks it needs, which is, okay, I just worked out, I'm safe. I don't need to stress anymore. So that's why at the end of a workout, you have an endorphin high you feel so good. You just sweated out all the toxins that you were storing in your body from a stressful day. So exercise um, and breathing can help with stress. It might seem silly, but it is going to save your life. Box breathing is something that we do in Ramwad. So if you subscribe to Ramwad or if you take yoga or if you just simply do breathing exercises. Um, this will bring the blood back into your stomach for digestion, calm your sympathetic nervous system, and now make it so that you are totally relaxed. Breathing and exercise is very helpful as well. So what I want you to do is take a second with me. We're going to breathe together. And this is like the the magic way to do it is box breathing. So you're gonna put your hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. We are going to inhale for four seconds, starting with the belly, expanding it outward, and then up through your diaphragm and your chest. So you're gonna breathe in for four seconds in one, two, three, four. You're gonna hold for four seconds. One, two, three, four. You're gonna exhale starting with your belly in one, two, three, four with the rest of your chest. Hold for four seconds. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. Four, three, two, one. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. We're going to continue to do that for at least five to 10 times of breathing. And what you'll notice, you might actually feel a little lightheaded or you might feel a little dizzy, but that is an instant way to bring your stress levels down and to bring your blood back to the center of your body so that it can fully relax. I want you to try to do this before every meal. Okay, so before breakfast, you're probably really stressed out if you're running late. So before you eat, bring yourself back down to center. Do your box breathing. Four seconds in, four second hold, four seconds out, four second hold. Do that five to 10 times before you eat. And you will notice you have less indigestion. Um, you're probably going to become more mindful of eating, which we can talk about a lot more in detail later. Um, but it just brings everything back down so from your stress to relaxation.
So we covered a lot today. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. This is our last um, video call for the Nutrition Kickstart. I enjoy doing this, so I'm going to continue to produce more content. If you are interested in nutrition coaching, I am the nutrition coach here at Mountain Island Nutrition. Um, we focus on addition type coaching, not restriction. So if something you struggle with is feeling like nutrition coaching is simply going to be a slap on the wrist, you can't do this, you can't do that, we need to count, we need to restrict, that is not how I coach. I do not believe in that. It is not successful. It doesn't work for anybody. Um, I don't even do that for myself. So um, if you feel like throughout the last four weeks, you absorb some of the content, but you didn't really make any changes in your lifestyle or your diet, it is okay, right? Sometimes we need some accountability. Sometimes we need a coach in our corner cheering us on. And maybe we need more specific goals and habits for ourselves that we might not be able to come up with on our own. That is what I am here for. So if you feel like you need help and you don't want to do this thing alone, reach out to me. I am here to help you. I am currently going through another nutrition coaching certification um, and learning so many different tips and tricks and resources that I am excited to share with you guys. Um, so reach out to me via cfmountainisland at gmail.com or you can find me at Mountain Island Nutrition, um, the Facebook group. You can also find me on Instagram at CrossFit Mountain Island is our Instagram handle. Just DM me there. Um, I also have a passion project called at underscore the conservative hippie underscore. That is where I talk all about detoxing and healing. Um, and I'm going to post a lot more content on there about just um, optimal health and wellness. Um, but nutrition is my main passion and that is where people find the most success in their lives it is also the base of the pyramid for crossfit so crossfit is not simply high intensity exercise that's the top of the pyramid crossfit is nutrition first so if somebody says they want to do crossfit that means nutrition is your number one priority before you even think about stepping foot in a crossfit gym so nutrition is the base and that is where we're going to start Again, I am Noelle Bradburn, and I look forward to talking with you guys. Have a good one.